Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is the Bob McIntosh. She is a digital marketing extraordinaire. If you're looking for building up more of a social presence on social media, you're looking to do SEO, search engine optimization, and really build like some long-term credibility online, or if you're looking to do some sort of paid ads, Google ads, uh, websites, anything like that, he's the guy for that. So if you're a business owner, brand ambassador, if you are just looking to build an audience, or especially if you're a real estate investor, this is a way to get more deals, get more leads, get your name out there. We talk inbound, we talk outbound, we talk paid, we talk free, we talk social media, what the best platforms are, where you should be posting now, what's not working now, where you're getting the best reach, how to make sure you're not getting screwed on different stuff. So it's really interesting. I am blown away with the amount of information that he gave in a 60-minute podcast, but every time I asked him a question, he went so deep and so thorough. Um, So one of the things we said after is just remember, you can listen to this a few different times and really get that information. And he gives a really good offer again at the end, which is really cool. He can send you guys some stuff for free. But definitely, if you're interested in uh, CRMs, especially stuff, some of the uh, the investors that we've been using, I have a love-hate relationship with mine. So looking to simplify my CRM so I can focus more on the revenue generating activities, looking to streamline my social media so I can focus more on the revenue generating activities like closing deals and raising money. That's exactly what Bob helps you with. He's part of the family mastermind with Matt Andrews. Again, um, he, he does a lot. So comes highly recommended. He comes from a good crop. Definitely reach out to him. All his contact information will be in the show notes. Just let him know that the Again Podcast sent you over and he'll take good care of you. While you are listening to this phenomenal podcast and getting really great information from the Bob McIntosh himself, remember the reason that they're coming on is because they want to get their names out there and they want to help make sure that they're making an impact on your life and your business. So please let them know by doing things like subscribing to this podcast. That is the only fee. It is absolutely free to spend an hour with some of these great minds like Bob McIntosh. So go on nicknicknick.com slash links, L-I-N-K-S, and you will find all the ways to follow me on social media, but more importantly, to subscribe to this podcast. Please do so. It makes a a massive difference. And while you're there, follow us on social media and please interact. Most people, whether you're on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, doesn't matter. You're scrolling on some sort of social media all day. We're going to be releasing clips from this podcast. So let Bob know that you liked it by sharing it, commenting on it, giving it a thumbs up, tagging your friend. Again, it takes two seconds to just hit that like button or put a little emoji in there. And it really goes a huge amount for the algorithms on any of the social platforms. It makes Bob know that you guys are seeing this stuff. And then he can vouch for other guests coming on because they know that they're making some sort of positive impact on you and your business. The whole point here, though, is that I want to do real estate together. So if you would like to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way that we can just partner up on some deals and find a way to to get going, you're not even really sure how, all you have to do is text the word real estate to 516-540-5733. Again, just text real estate to 516-540-5733, and we can have the conversation on how we can work together best. And last but certainly not least, if you are looking for a free checklist to bring more value to your buyers because you are a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for a free checklist. Thank you so much for listening to the A-Game Podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing and engaging with us on social media. And thank you, Bob McIntosh, for coming on and dropping some serious heat this last hour. Definitely reach out to him. Have a great day, everybody. 
All right, my guest today is an entrepreneur fighting out of my home state in Lockport, New York, with dreams of being a video game programmer who's now traveling and living all over the country like a nomad. He went from being someone who tested out bank security systems to investing in real estate and becoming an Amazon number one best-selling author, including his latest book and the name of his podcast, Get Out of Your Own Way where he helps entrepreneurs break the mindset of perfection and realize that being done is better than being perfect. And he now runs Three Degrees Consulting, a digital marketing agency, and has created a Velocity CRM. He's an expert in social media marketing, and after spending over 4,000 hours on stages across the whole country, he's helped tens of thousands of businesses. He's also been published in such amazing places as Fox, CBS, NBC, ABC, and is a founding member of Forbes Real Estate Council, which is hugely impressive. He's now made it his mission to impact 10,000 entrepreneurs and is well on his way to do so through various things, including website development, SEO, paid ads. He is six foot plus of ravishing red hair covering a brilliant brain that graduated with honors and thankfully has the ability to make very complicated things very simple for us. He is a dog lover and he is our guest today. Please welcome to the A-Game podcast, Bob McIntosh. What's up? Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be here. Dude, really excited to talk to you. I've been doing a, a lot of digging, and you're uh, you're you're one of those interesting guys that every time I hear you on something, you're talking about something else, and you have all <laughs> kinds of different things. So um, I love that because you never know what direction it's going to go. But for people who maybe aren't 100 percent familiar with you yet, can you give like a 30,000 foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my dad and I actually started flipping houses um, way back in 2008, or actually we bought a rental first, and then I realized I needed more money quicker than rentals was going to get me. So we started flipping houses. I uh, did that for a long, long time. And in that process, I actually, we did everything in, in Buffalo, New York, but I moved to Los Angeles. And I was like, well, how do I provide value from 3000 miles away to a business that's very localized? And this is before, you know, I mean, shoot, this is back like, before Zoom existed, before, like, you know, we're still like, it, it was crazy to try to like, the things that happen now are nuts to me. Like, it's like, man, like yeah. if that had existed back when I started, holy crap. But um, I got very good at digital marketing and I got very good at raising money. Those are kind of the two main focuses of where I spent a lot of my time. And so um, when it came, came to digital marketing to date, we've generated about, it's around 40%. The number varies obviously on any given day, but around 40% of all of our leads came from online. And so I got very good at that. And then I was fortunate to be asked to build a program to teach investors how to do what I was doing for my own business. Um, and that led me to being on stage, sharing and building programs. And then about two and a half, three years ago or so, uh, my business partner in three degrees consulting and I decided to say, Hey, what if we, instead of just teaching it and showing, you know, people what we're doing, what if we actually just did it for them? Cause one of the things that I realized for most entrepreneurs is that technology tends to be one of those. And, and I'm wrapping everything in technology. It could be your website, your CRM, your social media, anything that probably happens on a computer for that, that standpoint. All of it tends to be, yeah, that sounds great. I know I need it. I know it's important. I know I should have it. I just don't have time for it. Want to do it because I'm not tech savvy. That's a, a phrase I hear a lot. Um, or, oh, I'll get to it. And then there's always 15 things that are more important. So it never actually happens. <laughs> that makes and, a lot of sense, man. So th this, the marketing thing and the tech thing, I, th I think it's, it's almost up there with like asset protection and tax stuff where I'm not going to try and figure those things out myself because it's an, ev an ev ever evolving on top of other things. It's always changing, but I, that's really not where we make our money. And the more I learn and I talk to guys like you that are experts in one field, you realize what an onion it is. 
and how it's not as easy as just saying, oh, I just boost an ad on Instagram, right? You right. Know, post something on Google. There's like a whole thing. And that money, especially when you're talking about paid ads, can get really, I mean, you could blow that budget really, really quick if you don't know what you're doing. So I love to hear about the ins and outs of the marketing, but for people listening, like inbound, outbound, most of what you're doing when you're talking about your marketing is you're generating leads for businesses on some level, whether it's real estate or clients on any level. Is that, is that like pretty fair? Um, sort of. Uh, so it's not probably about 30% of our business is like actual lead generation, um, when, especially when it comes to like outbound stuff. Um, and we got to kind of break outbound and inbound to different things. Um, a lot more of what we do is help you take whatever marketing you're already doing and make it work more effectively. Uh, one of the things that I found, and especially in real estate, but for most entrepreneurs in general, is nine times out of 10, they don't need more marketing. They just need better marketing with what they're already doing. Right. And this is one of those things that's like, Hey, like I look at what we do and say, okay, if you have a great website versus a mediocre website versus no website, right. Can I increase your conversion on your current marketing, even one or 2%. Um, and that one or 2% increase, if we think about it like a funnel, right. 1% at the top equates down to a massive amount down to the bottom versus a lot of people look the other way around. They want to try to build from the bottom up and say, like, no, look at your marketing at the top. So a lot of what we do is there. Do we do some lead generation? Absolutely. And can we help you do that? For sure. Um, but a lot of like the, our core service is really just saying, like, let me show you how to do better with what you already have going on. I think that that's always a better play. I think about that a lot of the time with jujitsu, like I'll go and I'll go do a jujitsu private with somebody in another state. It didn't help me when I used to go there and just say, hey, teach me whatever you want to teach me because they'd show me stuff that really doesn't work for me. So when I say, well, look, this is what I'm already doing. Help me tighten this up. Help me get better with what I'm already doing. And I, I think that that is, is way more it, – it, it's going to stick more. I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to gravitate more to that person. There's, there's a better chance that they're going to retain. They're going to actually take action on it. So I absolutely love that. I think that's a brilliant way. I have, actually haven't heard anybody say it like that yet, that they're usually yeah. just trying to say <laughs> – this is what works for everybody else. So this is what you should be doing versus the other thing. I think it's definitely a smarter play. Yeah, for sure. And I think the other thing too, that a lot of people like, and this is, this is entrepreneurs in general, and, and I'm guilty of this is why I part of why I wrote my book. It's like, we get that shiny object syndrome. Like, Oh, like I go like, this is a perfect example. Right? So for those of you listening, like um, we were at a, a mastermind together not too long ago. And I remember I like, there was like four sessions. It's like, oh my God, that's a great idea. I got to implement that. And then I'm like, wait a second. Like, do I need to implement all four of these things right now? Probably not, right? Like, are they great ideas? 100%. Will they generate results? 100%. But it's like, if I can, you know, what's the effort and time and energy to build out a totally new marketing system? Even if I'm hiring someone else to, right? I still have to understand how it works. I got to implement my system. I got to make sure I have team members to, to handle what's coming in. Like there's a, there's, 30 things that have to be done for a new marketing system versus maybe three things have to be done for an existing one if it's working better. And so, yeah, I, I think that, and, and again, this is not to say that it's, there's not a right or wrong answer either. It's just, Hey, like I found that we can do better here and that, that, um, that there's a lot of people just leaving money on the table and, and, and that's like, why, why would we do that? That's excellent advice. And when you're talking about the, the marketing thing, especially when we're looking at the real estate side of it, being that the market's pivoting right now and there's a lot of a lot of complications and fear and misconceptions and stuff has the way you've been marketing for real estate investors changed over the last like six to nine months absolutely um 
So it's been it's been weird. Uh, so as someone who's been doing online marketing, especially in the real estate space, you know, we bought our first property back in 2008, right? So I kind of went through all of that from you know the Great Recession then and, and the the uh, insane insanity of what that was, um, all the way to you know let's say mid 2022, where it's like the peak of you know sneeze and get fifty thousand dollars <laughs> over asking. Um, what you're seeing now it's it's a weird it's a weird combination so you've got in a lot of markets and obviously we're making generalizations your market might be slightly different but we're still seeing this in a lot of cases you've got sellers who still think it's a seller's market you got buyers who think it's a buyer's market and no one kind of coming in between but what that creates is it creates space for opportunity uh, an opportunity for investors to step into the middle of those two help them say well you're not wrong but you're not right you're not wrong, but you're not right. But if I can make both of you guys 10% closer to right, that opportunity becomes what you do. And so a lot of what we've been kind of showing folks is there, uh, is that how do I, how do I bridge that 10% gap between the two of those? And you, there's actually a lot of opportunity there for a lot of investors. And then the other part that's um, been fascinating is all these different variations of, of exit strategies that never existed even a couple of years ago, right? Um, you start you start hearing like like novations is a great one, right? I feel like that was a term that even two years ago no one talked about. A year ago, maybe it was kind of coming around. And like the last twelve months, though, it's like everyone's like, oh, it's like the hot new topic of of things that people are doing, right? But um, I, what I I also think is important to understand though is that in the space of real estate, one of the interesting things, especially, is that nothing really changes while everything does and what i mean by that is we're still doing the same things right we're still talking to people essentially in the same way we have to convince them of the same thing the wording that we use and the, their their reasoning behind why they're pulling a trigger to sell a house or buy a house or you know make an investment or lend money or whatever it's going to be is a little bit different but we're still operating in the same way the biggest thing that changes in my opinion in the last 12 months is just a usage of technology um, so when we look at uh, it's never been more acceptable and more desired to use text marketing than it is today. Um, you know, people don't want to have a phone call with you until it's absolutely necessary. They want to text, um, and especially as you deal with younger generations. Um, email it still works great, although less so than it has uh, in the real estate space specifically, but it's still one of the biggest drivers and it's something that a lot of people um, ignore. They're like, oh, like email marketing is for something else or, oh, everyone gets emails and looks at them. No, they trust me, they, they do. Um, and then, you know, we talk about like even getting into like AI and stuff like that and how that's playing a role in the things that we're doing. It's, it's been fascinating. Um, so I think there's a lot that's changed, but the, the core of what we do, the core of as investors and even as entrepreneurs, that has, has not changed in the last 12 months, just how we're communicating and where we're communicating has changed. So you're in an interesting field too, because I've seen a lot of changes, not only the real estate market, but on the marketing side. And then there was that whole thing I was doing Facebook ads and then they changed like the algorithm there or whatever the, the permissions were. And then everyone's like, that's going to go away. So you're constantly having to be on like the cutting edge of what's going on with regulations and platforms and si all kinds of different things. Being that it's changing at such a fast rate, what are you seeing like six, 12, 18, maybe even two, three, four years down the line? Like, what are you seeing is kind of coming down the pipe of the future of marketing? Yeah, so I, I think a couple of things are going to happen. Um, and, you know, these are my predictions could be totally wrong. And this will be awesome to see in 12, 18 <laughs> months, uh, how close that I get it. Um, 
Number one is going to be AI. It's going to be game changing, right? So if we look at just from chat GPT-3, which realistically only came out at the beginning of 2023, right? That's when, it, I mean, it's been around for longer than that, but the, the public access to it and all that was really like January, December-ish. I don't remember exactly, around there, right? So we're talking three, four months of time. Um, from that to, to, to GP, GPT-4, right? Which is the newer version, which has over 400X as many data points uh, and um, they're talking about GPT-5 already, which will have uh, somewhere they're estimating between six and 700X as many data points as four. So let just the pace of that sink in for a second. And that's barring any, you know, uh, there's a lot of talk about slowing that down for a second and saying, hang on, let's, let's figure it out. But let's just assume that it proceeds forward for a second, because I think to a certain context it will. Um, the ability for that to help us make decisions faster analyze properties faster, look at data faster, get a hold of people faster, everything will become faster. Uh, and with that, there comes two things. Number one, um, increased volume of opportunity, right? Um, especially when we look at if we overlay, you know, a recession on top of that, and regardless of where you fall on that, the reality is right now, yeah, I, we, I think we could all pretty much agree, things are not as good today as they were a year ago in terms of finances for most people, and even just taking into inflation into account, for example. Um, and so what you're going to see with those two things combined, um, and with people, uh, because of COVID accelerating their adaptation of technology, and the use of phone and zoom and text and email and all these things, right? Um, the opportunity exists for us to get in front of more people in a more automatic way that we never could have before, right? Um, so let's take even let's go even just five years ago, for example, in the real estate game, direct mail, and still even today, direct mail it plays a massive role in a lot of folks. The reality is direct mail is still very expensive in comparison to many other digital forms. And, and um, I can literally now send text messages with a customized URL to somebody that engages them to a bot that answers all the questions that they might have about at least the basics um, and only deal with people who have essentially self-qualified themselves with someone, the someone being the bot and go from there. But the, the, the adaptation of technology into this space um, historically has always been very slow. Real estate's always lagged in the adaptation of technology. But what we're seeing right now, because especially because of COVID um, and, and all of that, as the adaptation in the space has actually accelerated to, to faster than many most other markets. And so I think those things are gonna be interesting. Um, and I also think simultaneously, um, if we overlay, you know, whatever recession we see in the next 12 months happen, um, there, will, there will be more opportunity um, for all business owners, um, and but especially real estate investors, to own and pick up more properties at better discounts. Um, but the people who will win at that game are the ones who can be out there, seen and attract that inbound marketing at a higher rate because outbound marketing is always more expensive than inbound. So if you set your inbound game up now, over the next 12 months, um, you're going to get a whole lot more than anybody else will. I think that that's genius. And uh, all this stuff with technology that comes up, uh, one of the things I very much appreciate that I hear you say a lot is you're very good at taking something that's complicated and simplifying it so people can understand it. When you say stuff like that, I mean, I, I follow it to a point and I feel like I have a little bit more like uh, experience with this than the average bear. 
But for somebody listening to this that just goes, I have no idea what he just, how do you keep yourself excited and moving forward and keep yourself from getting overwhelmed and discouraged by all the fast changing stuff? Because it could be a lot. Yeah, it absolutely can be. Um, so what I would say is every great entrepreneur, every single one of them, you look at any big business that exists today from when it started, obviously most of these started as an idea or in a garage or, you know, whatever, um, the, whatever the, the latest cool meme says about these, you know, uh -huh. these entrepreneurs. But the point is all of them started usually with one person and an idea and then they kind of grew it from there. And, um, if you're looking at the changing market and you're finding yourself saying one of these things, number one, I don't want to know that. I don't care. I just want to do my, like, I want to do real estate deals, um, which is a lot of people or whatever you're working on. Number two, I'm not tech savvy. Um, and this stuff scares me or confuses me, or I don't know that I feel comfortable learning it. Um, or number three, which is, I don't think this can work for me because my market's different. Trust me. It's not, mm -hmm. um, any one of those three statements are true for you, then the best thing that you can do to take advantage of this is actually not be the person doing any of it. Don't try to stay on top of it. Don't try to learn it. Don't try to stay up to date with it. Just simply accept that that's not your role. Your role is to find someone who's an expert at that. Let them be that. Let them sift through the, the key points that you need to be aware of uh, and tackle it for you. Because if we look at most business owners, Right. Like for me, it's a little bit different, right? Like my business will thrive the more that I understand this technology and how to implement it and work it, because that's what we do. We implement those things for people. But if that's not your business, if you're not implementing technology for people, then don't try to be the guy that understands everything about it, unless you really enjoy that. If you do cool, then, you know, do it. But the reality is for most entrepreneurs and business owners, and especially real estate investors, you are better time. Uh, is closing more deals, getting in front of more people, handling the things that you need to, building the systems in place to manage that so that as you scale, you're, you're good, right? And then plug someone in that can take that from you and then find someone that can say, hey, um, you know, we just implemented or that, you know, they just came out with these 15 new services that are awesome for this. Actually, other 15, only two actually matter. And here's the one that's the best because I already tried it, right? Now you don't have to spend time learning 15 things and figuring it out. You just say, okay, I've essentially sifted through something and, and found the answer. That's, that's going to be the best way you can take advantage of all this. Um, and then, like I said, if you, if you are one of those people that enjoys it, cool, then, then take your personal time, the time that's not dedicated to your business to go learn about that stuff and, and do that, but keep the focus where it's going to be best served in generating revenue for your business. I think that that's great words. And I think that plays back into bringing it a full circle, uh, the who, not how, and then getting out of your own way. Is that really where that's where that whole premise of the book you wrote comes from, right? Yeah, it is. So this is funny. It's actually a kind of a good story. So I'm a techie, right? Like I always have been, I went to a tech school, um, my initial job, you know, we hacked banks, broke their security, tell them how to, you know, patch the holes up. Uh, that's a, a overgeneralization of what I did, but it's the easiest way to explain it. Um, and so, you know, when we first started our business, I remember this, this actually happened. I was like, oh, we need a website. Obviously I, I already knew that we, like even back in 2008, I was like, we got to have a website. And it took me three, maybe three and a half months to build our website. I still had my full-time job at that point, right? I, you know, so it was like, you know, weekends and nights and whenever I could, and I wasn't a web developer. Um, I'm still really not a great web developer, right? But I have team members that do that for me and they're awesome at that. So it took me three and a half months to build that site. And I was like, okay, I think this is good, right? So I sent it off to one of my mentors and coaches and he's like, is it done? It looks like crap. 
I was like, <laughs> three and a half months of effort to be told it looks like crap. And I'm like, oh my God. And I remember um, there was, at that moment I read that email, I like, I had this chair and I like leaned back and I'm like rubbing the back of my head because it's just like stressful and I'm overwhelmed and like, I'm, like I can feel the headache coming into it. And I, I was, and I looked up at this one point in my wall because it was the point that I'd focus at every time I got annoyed or pissed off or overwhelmed or whatever. And that was really, really that. And that was at the time there was a meme and it, I don't, it wasn't really a meme then because that wasn't really a thing yet, but it was like a picture that was posted of the Facebook offices early on. Um, and they had two posters, one that said done is better than perfect. And one that said, uh, move fast and break things. Right. And that was like their entire motto for a long time. Cause they just were like, we just got to get it out there. Right. I remember, um, so I wrote on a piece of paper, done has been perfect, and I, I uh, taped it to the wall at that point that I would look at when I would get frustrated. Um, and I, and then I, I forget exactly how, but at some point in time, someone said, yeah, you just got to get out of your own way. And I was like, oh, I like that. And so that was like, but it was, it, it was the, that was the, the point at which you say, oh man. And it was, for me, the eye-opening experience was when I finally, like I had that website experience happen and I looked up and there was that piece of paper and I was like, I got to stop doing this stuff. I gotta, like, you know what I mean? And so again, find the right people to do the right things like, and you will be better off in the long term. I think that that's again, outstanding advice. And now, you know, talking about that side of it, I thought you were very interesting. And one of the things that peaked out to me is the, the CRM. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that because I've, I've tried a bunch of different ones. And I would say when people ask me which one I use, I tell them, and then I tell them if I could go back and do it again, I would absolutely not use that one because it was like, six to nine months of hell for me of trying to figure out how to use it and learn it. And now that I did my biggest thing, it's, it's almost like being in a bad relationship and going, well, I don't want to break up with them. Cause what if I get into a worse relationship now? So like, I'm kind of like in this, in this phase now where I'm really looking for CRMs that are a little bit less complicated, easier to use, user friendly, and, and have a lot more function. I feel like they've come a long way. So I would love to hear about the, the pros and cons of what you're doing with CRMs and what, like, what really a, a good CRM should be doing and and where did I go wrong with the ones that I couldn't understand for six to nine months? Yeah, 100%. So uh, I want to kind of break this down into some, some chunks. So most entrepreneurs start with a CRM that's called a spreadsheet, right? Put things <laughs> on a spreadsheet. Actually, where they actually usually they start as a bunch of business cards that sit in their desk and then they get in the way and they go to a drawer and then they go to a drawer for a lower drawer and then from the lower drawer to a trash can. That's <laughs> usually the first CRM. That's the worst one, right? Because it means you're not doing anything. Um, the, the short answer is the best CRM for you is going to be the one that you use the most for your business. And I know that's an overgeneralization, but the, the let's start there. If you're not going to make it an intentional effort to use your CRM and use the functionality that you get within it, then it makes no sense to, to get one. Okay, so let's start there. Now, with that said, yeah, the things have come a long way. Um, when I look at a CRM, we got to kind of break it into a couple of chunks. Number one is, is it going to be doing marketing? Yes or no. Is it going to be doing um uh, fulfillment management, like, are we trying to use it for project management and things of that nature? Yes or no. Um, and is it going to be doing any sort of, uh, I'll say internal work like accounting or inventory tracking or things of that nature. Right. And we kind of have to break them into, into three things. And here's the, here's the downfall of most CRMs, um, that a lot of folks use is 
the designers and developers realize, oh, there's an opportunity for us to do all this. Actually, we'll get more customers if we have more features and functionality. So they start building more and 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 more. And eventually they're like, I got this thing, it can do everything. And the reality of what happens is any CRM that can do everything can do everything, but it only does some of it really good. Most of it, it does mediocrely and some of it, it does really badly because it's just, it's really difficult to make a system that can really truly honestly do everything. Um, and so understand that in your business, you might have multiple CRMs potentially, um, and it can seem annoying, but my thought process has always been, I'd rather have the best and try to make it work together as much as possible. Now, with that said, I'm not saying go get 15 different softwares to, to do all the, the, the things, right? Um, but usually we can break it down into marketing, fulfillment slash project management uh, and like internal business services, right? Those are the three overall categories. For most people, they don't need the third one. And so until you're doing probably a million dollars plus a year, you're probably gonna not gonna need that. Cause like a basic QuickBooks and, you know, or like a, if, you, if you have a, a Shopify store or a, a e-commerce store, it'll manage the, the inventory for you. Like we don't need anything crazy, right? So now we're down to, to fulfillment and you're down to marketing. Um, and those are two very different things. Things. Um, fulfillment's all about how do you track everything going through from A to Z? How do you manage all that? Marketing is about getting in front of people, right? And so what we do in ours is we are very much a marketing focused CRM. Can you do some basic project management? Sure. It's, is it really designed to do that? No, um, but it, it can. Um, so understand what are you after right now? What do you need? And for most people, the first thing that they need is a marketing CRM because that's usually, again, if we think about our business like a funnel, that's the top. If we build the best bottom of the funnel stuff, but we have nothing going into it, then it doesn't matter. So I always tell everyone, start at the top. The marketing is the most important thing. If you build that the correct way, you can start, you'll have also, you'll have more money to build the things below it um, versus spending all your money on the bottom and then not having any money to do the marketing kind of kills it. That makes so, a lot of sense, yeah. When, when we look at like what we do, for example, it's very heavy on marketing, right? So we do email marketing, two-way text marketing. We do ringless voicemails, which is huge, especially for investors. I know some people still don't talk about it anymore, but it still works very, very well. Um, all of that. And then it's really about tracking your contact. So a CRM, also known as a database, also known as um, you know email marketing platform or text marketing platform, um, most of all of that can be handled by one system pretty well. Right, like we, you can do you can do that pretty well. Ours, for example, we um, we leverage an existing technology because um, the reality is uh, I don't necessarily need to be a technology company that's building and coding everything. Um, and then we just simply say because we're focused heavily on the real estate market, that's where we specialize the most in. We've built out as many processes as possible to make it easier for real estate investors to get off the ground. So we've got over 30 different drip campaigns and sequences built in for sellers, buyers, uh, and uh, retail or investor, private money lenders, contractors, agents, like all the folks that you need to talk to, I've already got something built in there so that you don't have to think about doing it. Because again, what we find is that when you, um, when you are building this stuff out, especially as a, like you were saying, like, I don't want you to have to go to six through six months of hell to try to get to a certain point where it's like, oh, okay, this is workable, right? Like I, now is my sequences and everything that we built gonna be 100% perfect for every situation? Absolutely not. But if you can get 85 or 90% of the way, you only have to put 10% in, that six months becomes one month and you're at the end result, you want it a whole lot faster. 
Um, and a couple of things, uh, at least in the marketing front that I want to talk about, we don't really do project management. Um, we use ClickUp. I love ClickUp from a, a project management standpoint. I think it's the most robust, but it is one of those, like you got to invest in someone to know how to build it out. Otherwise you're just, you're, it's kind of useless and not useless, but it's just kind of, you're wasting all the potential functionality there. But from a marketing standpoint, the most important things that you really need to be looking for, and especially for real estate investors, number one, email marketing, number two, text marketing, two-way. That's an important thing. Um, send and receive. You got to be able to basically have conversations. Um, if you can't do that, you're missing out dramatically on um, potential business. And then number three is storing all the things that you need to know about your client, your customer, your people you're dealing with. Like, so for us, for example, right? So, cause we built on existing technology. I said, okay, let me add in all the information you ever want to track about a property. Let me add in all the information that you ever want to track about um, them as an individual, like, you know, the, um, all their, you know, personal details. Um, we also have built into ours, like, hey, let's say someone's a private money lender. Okay, you can actually track full details on three different loans and we can actually add more if you want. But uh, so if you're doing a PML, who's my buyers? More specifically, you know, we built systems to say every time someone buys from you, there's a counter that goes up. So I know who are my repeat buyers because they're probably the people I'm going to want to market my properties to first. So those kinds of things become important and um, finding a system that specializes in your niche or your industry is going to enable you to get up and going faster than that six month period. So when you look at the, the bigger picture of things, um, the, don't try to find a system that's gonna do everything because the reality is it's probably not gonna do it great. Um, and then focus on the things that are gonna be the most core for you, right? So if you know that you're doing cold calling and texting as a real estate investor right now, which is what a lot of people are still doing, perfect. Can the system do that for me? And does the functionality within the system allow for me to do the things that matter? So can I record my calls so that I can review them later on? Um, can I track how many times calls were made so I can see, are we hitting the numbers? Like figure out what metrics matter to you within your current marketing. And does the system that you're plugging in offer you a better, faster, easier, or simpler way to make that thing happen? If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate soon, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Reach out to me on any of my social media channels. You will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. That's a lot to digest right there. That's a yeah. lot of good stuff. So you, <laughs> you hit a couple other key points in there that I think having, like you said, everything on there, because I don't even know a fraction of the stuff that's on there, but the things that I really needed it for, I still feel like I have to go other places to do. So it's almost like, well, what's, what's the point of having it there? So that's a really good thing. But I've also heard you, when you mentioned emails and text message and all that, the touch points of having how many times you actually have to touch a seller before they actually become a client or before that actually converts is an important thing. And it sounded like from what I heard that you have ways that you can start to actually nurture that within the CRM. Is that correct? Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, uh, a lot of our motivated seller campaigns are a minimum of 14 touch points. So that could be an email, could be a text, it could be a voicemail drop, but we'll, we'll hit them 14 times. Now, right now you don't actually need to hit them as many times, like back in 2022, 2021, uh, 14 was the average that we saw. It was around, uh, uh, touch point 12, 13 or 14 that most con converted because 
they had a lot of options, right? So you just had to be in front of them a whole lot more. As uh, as time goes on and it's just people aren't buying at the same uh, level they were, right? We can see less touch points. But here's another, another thing I always tell everyone. I'd rather have 14 touch points to get someone and only need seven than have seven and need 14, right? Because then we're losing out on, on potentials. Um, and we can, and there's a lot of ways, like in our system, for example, I can mark them if they become a lead, like, hey, they're in, I don't need to hit them up anymore. They've already signed a contract. We can end the rest of those touch points so that they're not getting it anymore. That's, you know, automation like that's also a critical component too. Like we really wanna make sure that if you don't wanna be doing everything, automate as much as possible. So I love that last question about the CRM. This is more of a selfish one on my end. So let, let's say I have you guys develop out a CRM. Does that CRM actually track the KPIs or do I need to go in and pull them out? And do you guys have like a system of checks and balances that like once a week, once a month or something, you can go in and run tests to make sure that everything is functioning as it's supposed to? Um, so several answers to that. Number one, uh, we, there's, there's some KPIs that we can track. Um, obviously it may not be every single KPI. Um, we actually provide, especially for real estate investors, we actually have a pretty detailed KPI document, um, that, that we kind of give you for like, just say, Hey, here, it's just a spreadsheet. Right. Um, so you will need to pull some of that in there because in some cases there's just going to be numbers that we want to look at it in different ways. Uh, I also, I find for me personally, especially in, in my real estate business, having a spreadsheet with the KPI numbers that I pull into it allows me to do a whole lot more. I can massage the data into things that make more sense in most cases. Um, so that's, that, that's there. Um, what was the second question? Sorry. Uh, going into doing the KPIs and then doing a check on systems and balances oh. just to make sure everything's running as it's supposed to. Yeah. So most like our system, for example, um, has error logs. So you can drop in and see a full error log, like what didn't work, what was not happening, was there things going on? Um, so yeah, it, it won't necessarily notify you that everything is not working because um, some errors might be user errors. It could be data errors. Like you put like the wrong email address in or you put the wrong phone number in, things like that. Um, but yeah, you can start to sort of track that detail through the error log. Um, and I would also say, um, you know, like any good system, you know, your, your first month or so in it, you're just going to be in it more. Once you know, in the first month that things are pretty much rolling, it's very unlikely for something to break to the point where it's problematic. Um, and usually if you have the right systems in place, you'll know soon enough. Cause like, Hey, I, I'm usually getting 15 leads a week or 15 leads a day or whatever it's going to be. Right. And now all of a sudden I'm getting five. Something's not right. Like I, I can see pretty quickly something has, has skewed with that. Um, the other thing that we, that we do, it's a little bit different than a lot of others out there. Um, you can just sign up for our CRM at any point in time if you want to. Um, but I, I understand that one of the biggest problems, and this is something like you might face, which is I put a lot of time into building this out. Um, even though I may, I, I don't like it. And I want to leave the thought of building it out again is like, Oh God, never again. Right? So we offer white labeling service where I can actually go into your current CRM. Where we'll pull everything out for you, move it all in, build it all out, obviously within reason, right? Like, like, there might be something I can't do. Like they have this weird thing that I can't replicate over here in our system because we don't do that, right? But we'll evaluate all that and say, here's what we can do and basically make the move over and then show you and build out training for your team to show them exactly how to make it work and how it works and what's gonna happen. So that ideally um, you're off to the off to the races. Now, obviously if you don't have a CRM, you don't have anything, then you don't really need that. You can just drop in and build and go. But for people like you, for example, where it's like, hey, like, I, I, I want to go somewhere different. I just don't know what else to do or the thought of it is overwhelming. Um, we can help you guys with that too. Cause I get like my team's experts at this, right? Like what would take you six months will probably take them a week. 
That's awesome, man. I'm definitely interested in that. We got to definitely talk about that offline because I got to make a move. But pivoting now, you talked about you also guys help with uh, paid ads and with SEO. So talk a little bit about how that works right now for business owners and for real estate investors and what you guys are seeing in those in those niches. Yeah. Um, so SEO is, in my opinion, and I want to start there, the most underutilized marketing service ever. Um, and, and just to be clear, SEO stands for, if you don't know, search engine optimization, which is a fancy way of saying, how do I engineer my site to get ranked on Google? And really Google's all that matters right now. They still control 80% plus of all searches worldwide. So, you know, I mean, look, Bing and Yahoo and DuckDuckGo and, uh, all, all the other ones there are great, but you know, all of those account for a very small amount of the overall traffic. So when we talk about this, we talk about Google, um, and for real estate investors, especially, it's the most underutilized service, in my opinion, in the world uh, for, for real estate investors, especially, but really for all business owners. Um, and here's, uh, here's why. So I want to break down other entrepreneurs and real estate investors specifically. SEO for investors, right? No one's doing it. Like, and I shouldn't say no one, but very, very, very few, probably less than 10% of the investors in any given market are actively utilizing SEO. Um, which means you have a massive opportunity. In fact, we just had a client um, who was running on Investor Carrot, which I know is a very popular system. And they always talk to, oh, we do great SEO. And look, if it's better than nothing, yes. Um, but we took his site off Carrot. We built it the right way. We did the right things for SEO. And one month we've increased his traffic 153%. Right? Um, and, and he was already ranking and doing the right things to begin with. Um, there's just more that can be done. Now, this is where people, um, this is the hard part with SEO is it doesn't happen overnight. It's a long-term play, right? I tell every investor, like, if you want to work with us for an SEO, I require a 12 month commitment. Why? Because you're not going to see results in month one or month two, in most cases, like his, that was probably an exception. And I want to be clear. That's not like, Hey, if you come to us, you're guaranteed 150%, like that's <laughs> not how it works. Right. Um, but uh, the, the reality is, is that it, it will probably take time, especially if you have a brand new site that's never seen any traffic or has never, like you, we just built it for you, for example. Um, it's going to take some time, but long-term, if you do the right things, it's insane. And this is like for, for real estate, right? Let's just say that you spend 20 grand a year on SEO, which is, would be a significant amount of money for most people, especially for newer investors, not for experienced ones. That's, that's a drop in the bucket, but for newer investors, the idea that, but the reality is one single deal a year as an investor would pay for that time and time again. And here's the best part. You make that 20 grand today, that investment, right? And however many deals that gets you, let's just say that gets you one deal. That's it. Just one deal. Well, that 20 grand this year will also produce one deal next year. As long as you keep doing this, and the year after, and the year after, and the year after, and the year after, right? So in 10 years, your $20,000 investment has produced you, let's just say a $20,000, you know, let's say one deal nets you 20 grand, which is probably low, right? $200,000 uh, ROI over 10 years from a $20,000 investment. Here's the best part. That 20,000 you did year one, you do 20,000 year two, now it's two deals, right? then it's three deals and it's four deals. And that's only, and by the way, the other great part is that as you do this more and more and more and more, it snowballs, you get more and more and more. So like if I look at our website, even though we're not even actively focused on SEO anymore, because honestly, people just bring us deals now because we're so well known in our market and it's not a big market in the Buffalo area. Um, we're still ranked number one for most of the like sell house fast and we buy houses keywords in the cities that we were buying in. Um, and in some cases still marked uh, ranked number two as well. When we were actively doing this, I was number one, number two, and often number three, 
right? So imagine like, and it's just like deals just roll to you and it's like, okay, yeah, there was an investment in that. But the reality is um, for, for us, at least in our business, and I can only speak for what I'm doing and then what we're seeing our clients, a $20,000 a year investment in most cases was generating two to four deals a year. Um, and that's an, that's an insane ROI. Like when you think about it, you just have to be patient to wait for it. It's not going to happen in month one or month two, right? So that's SEO. And it's, in, in my opinion, so the most underutilized, it just takes time. If you're like brand new investor who's like, hey, I need deals right now today, SEO is not going to be your, your game. Should you do it? Absolutely. Especially if you can afford to. Um, but that's where like paid advertising comes in, right? Paid advertising, I can get deals now. I run an ad, I get a lead, I get a deal today. The problem with that is because it's, easy and when i say easy what i mean is the availability literally i can log into my computer from home in my pajamas mm. click on a few things and have an ad up in less than 20 minutes so that's why i'm saying easy now it's not gonna be a good ad probably there's a lot that goes into optimizing and all of that but i can spend as much money as i want to to get as many leads in today as i want to and because of that the cost for paid ads especially in real estate tends to be significant now other industries probably way less like uh, real estate is some of the highest um, highest uh, cost per click and cost per lead that we've seen so for most of most of our investors right we're seeing anywhere from 200 to 400 dollar cost per lead with every one and every 10 leads becoming a deal right so if you think about it it's like okay that's two thousand to maybe four thousand dollars to get a deal well, if I'm making 20 grand in profit, then or more, that's a no brainer, right? How many times can I do that? But you have to be able to sustain that, right? Because you're not making your $20,000 the day that the lead closes, right? It might be two, four, six months down the road before you see that check. So you have to be able to sustain that for a period of time. So it requires a bigger budget. Now, if you're an other entrepreneur, like if you're doing other things outside of real estate, the cost to do that becomes significantly less. Like we're doing a, a health uh, and wellness influencer right now, you know, and we're seeing literally like, I think cost per lead is hovering around like, I think $18 or something like that. So it's a very different, but obviously he's not making $20,000 on a deal, right? It's a much lower price point. So you gotta look at that. And so paid advertising, great for deals now, just tends to be very expensive. SEO, great for deals and whatever deals, real estate or other like clients, whatever, great for deals later. Um, um, a little bit less cost, but long-term. It's a great way to break that down. And it's interesting because I actually would have thought that like the health and fitness would have been another one that's just super expensive because it seems like a very competitive niche. It's, it is very competitive. It's just the, um, but the barrier to entry is very low and there's a lot more people that qualify. Like if we think about motivated seller generation, lead generation for real estate, think about how many motivated sellers there are at any given time. It's a fairly small number in comparison to the, let's just say in the States, the 330 million people that live here, you know what, there might be at any given time, 20 million out of that, that are, and that's probably being aggressive that own a house that are motivated to sell for a very low price right? Versus people interested in health and wellness. Okay. Well, that's, you know, going to be a significantly lot. So more competitive, but larger numbers still keeps the cost low. Makes sense. That makes sense. And then kind of pivoting out of the crown jewels, we wrap this up. So social media, everybody, I make the joke that from seven months old to 77 years old, everybody's on some social media platform now, whether it's little kids on TikTok or your grandparents on Facebook, but it's, it's one of those things that I always consider it could be a tool or it could be a weapon. How are you using it? You know, a knife can butter a bagel or it could commit a, a murder. And social <laughs> media is one of those things that it could be very, very prevalent. I mean, it, it's done amazing things for me, for my brand, for my business. But at the same time, 
it definitely has the shiny object syndrome. It definitely brings in a lot of like comparisons. Like there's a lot of, of good and bad that go with it. So what are some tips you have first on how to be more productive using social media? Yeah. So a couple of things. One, be a, be a user uh, uh, or a, sorry, not user, uh, be a contributor, not a consumer. So I recommend several things. One, um, I, when I log into social media, my goal is to go, I'm only logging in in most cases, unless it's like I'm bored sitting on my couch and I just I need to disconnect for a minute. But most cases I'm logging in to accomplish a goal. I do that one thing. We go from there. Um, there's apps you can get. I don't remember the name of them off the top of my head that will actually block it. So if you try to open, it's like, nope, you can't do that. You've already exceeded your time, things like that. If you if you find yourself being a consumer too much, that's, that's number one. Um, number two, you can outsource everything in social media, be everywhere without you having to ever log in yourself. You don't even have to have the apps on your phone if you don't want to, right? You can, like every part of it can be automated by somebody else. So if you find yourself heavily falling into the trap of consuming and not creating um, or contributing, then it's time to to figure out a way to, to get yourself out of that. That's that's number one. Um, but either way, you you as an entrepreneur, whether you're in real estate or anything else, um, I don't care what you want to do. You want to raise money. You want to buy a business. You want to improve your business. You want to bring more customers in your door for your physical business. You want to sell more e-commerce products. You want to do more deals. Um, you want to find more buyers, more sellers, whatever it is. doesn't matter. You have to be on social media. Um, the worst thing that you can do as a business owner is not have an active social media presence. And here's why. The first thing that someone who wants to potentially work with you is going to do is they're going to go to your website. The second thing they're going to do is they're going to look up your social media because they want to see, are you credible? Do other people use you? Are you trustworthy? And the easiest and most simplistic, lowest barrier to figure that out is to look at your website and go to your social media. That will tell me exactly who you are from my perception, right? You could be the best entrepreneur in your field ever right? Literally ever that ever existed, the best one. But if your social and website don't match, the perception is you are not the best, right? Think about how many great products had great, or uh, sorry, crappy products had great marketing. And yet they're, they're the number one. You're like, why? Like this thing is terrible. Who, who what? But it's like, but they just had good marketing. Um, so think about it that way, right? So you've got to be on social. Now, Social media needs to be broken into two categories, and this is where most people get it wrong. Two categories, and very important. Number one, credibility. Number two, lead generation. Most of us confuse these two things. We think it's one. It's not. It's very much two different worlds, and we operate in two very different ways, and this is something that we teach a lot on. And I'm, uh, By the way, actually, um, I'll give you my information at the end. I will send you... Um, I will send everybody if they want to for free, um, uh, a structure to help you create content for lead generation. If that's going to be your thing. Appreciate that. Okay. Um, credibility means I just need to have content out there. It doesn't really matter what it is, honestly, like it just, as long as it looks good, it's there, maybe some videos, maybe some images, uh, some testimonials, just, it's just there so that if they find me some other way and they come to my social presence to check me out, I have content that is being seen. It's not going to get engagement and likes and shares. It's not going to generate leads. People are not going to DM you going, oh my God, can I get this thing? It just doesn't work that way, right? That's credibility, right? So, which is vastly important. If you're doing any other form of marketing, um, direct mail, paid advertising, SEO, um, trade shows, 
um, um, any literally any other kind of marketing, that's what you need to have, right? Because when they go to look you up, they're going to say, are you posting? Are you there? Do you exist? And if you're not, you're losing out. So the credibility portion shows them that you're an active business who knows what you're talking about. And it builds that trust uh, factor, which allows them to convert to a lead. They pick up the phone and call you. They fill out the form going, okay, yeah, I think this guy makes sense. Um, they, you know, maybe they consume a little bit more of your content and they follow to your YouTube channel and they subscribe or whatever, like whatever your goal is, right? Um, but it's, it's building that credibility. The other side of this is lead generation. Lead generation on social media is a very different process. Uh, you have to basically be willing to say, whatever is working today, I have to do, even if tomorrow it means whatever I built today is useless. <laughs> and it's frustrating and it's annoying. What does that mean today, right now, uh, in April of 2023? And by the way, is it April 19th? Maybe on April 20th, it totally changes. Yeah. Maybe it's the same for the next two years. We have no idea because we don't control social media. All we can do is utilize it. But what works right now for lead generation is reels. Um, when I say reels, Facebook reels, Instagram reels, TikToks, which are essentially reels and YouTube shorts, you want to drive leads in. That's what works. If you, if you don't do those, you're not going to get leads, uh, unless you do paid advertising on social, which I'm not, that's still paid, not organic stuff. Right. Um, so that, that's it. If you want to get leads, if you want to get traction, engagement shares, you want to grow your followings. That's the only way to do it. That's it. Simple as that post lots of reels. Um, now there's obviously a whole lot more to it and structure and content and what do we post and how we do it. And that's, I built a framework called the social supremacy framework, which walks you through and it takes about 15 hours to do, but if you do 15 hours of time input into this process, you'll have 365 days worth of content to talk about in reels specifically that you can then go do. So if that's what you're after, great, but understand lead gen credibility, two different worlds. What do you need? And they are not the same and they don't operate the same. Now, the benefit to the lead gen side is that the lead gen side services the credibility side at the same time, but the reverse is not true. The credibility side does not service the lead gen side. So if you're gonna make the time to do it, you probably would be best to do the lead gen side because it serves two purposes, right? But that process also requires you generally to be the person doing some of it. Like you need to record the videos. You need to make the content. You need to think about what it is. If I'm just doing credibility, I can literally hire someone on Fiverr for probably about a hundred bucks a month to create and post content for me. Cause it doesn't matter really what it is. It's just about having things there. Um, so two different worlds, both very important, both very different, both driving different results. Excellent information, sir. And one last quick question I have for you before we kind of wrap this up. Is there a better platform that you see for real estate investors or stick with whatever one, you know, and they're all kind of doing the same thing? Uh, um, it changes. Uh, so, uh, a year ago, I would have told you TikTok, hundred percent today, Facebook reels, huh? because Facebook has realized that they're losing traction massively. Um, they are the, they, they are the fastest declining platform in terms of usage. And so they are now giving you insane reach with reels on your personal account, not your business page, your personal account. Now you don't get any of the benefits like stats and data information and analytics and all that, but it has massive, massive reach. Like if I post a reel right now, so let me just give you like quick story. I did back when Facebook live came out, which was like really heavy in 2016, 17 and early 18. Um, in 17, I did 272 Facebook lives average live at that point in time with about 5,000 friends and about thousand or so followers average Facebook live video would get somewhere around 4,000 to 6,000 views. 
Okay, so very, very good reach. Fast forward to 2020, um, I have 5,000 friends, 8,000 followers on Facebook, and my average Facebook Live gets about 150 views. Okay, oh. that's the decline of that. Now, fast forward to today, if I post a reel, I'm seeing on average plays, which is kind of like views, um, I'm seeing on average 2,000. Right. So like it's like this crazy roller coaster. And by the way, in a year from now, in a month from now, in a week from now, that may not be the case anymore. Right. Because um, what these social platforms do is they incentivize you with something new or fancy that they think is important. You get massive reach. And then when everyone does it, they they nerf it and they, they bring it back until the next new thing comes out. And it's just that cycle. So the most important thing you do is say. What's the new thing out there? What's no one else doing? Oh, no one else is doing reels on Facebook. Let me go do that thing, right? And then um, Instagram, hardest platform to get reach on right now, no good. Uh, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is phenomenal right now. Less, there was this new stat that just said less than 7% of LinkedIn users post. So if you are posting, you have massive reach, especially for private money, if you're trying to raise money, LinkedIn is you're gonna be your best friend, post your content there, it'll get massive, massive reach. Dude, that is gold right there. And uh, I appreciate it, man. I don't want to make you go too long. I know it took up a lot of your day. Yeah. But talk about 3 Degrees Consulting. Talk about how people can work with you, how people can find you, everything you can do to help uh, investors like me, entrepreneurs like me, do things better, easier, faster, more profitable. Yeah, absolutely. So um, feel free to connect with me. Um, the best place to do that, well, you can find me on all social media at VTHE, Bob McIntosh, M-C-I-N-T-O-S-H. Um, if you want to reach out to me, go to go3dc.com. So go3dcdeltacharlie.com slash Bob McIntosh. That's my contact page. My um, cell phone is on there. My business line is on there. All my social profiles, my email address, everything you need, you can get from right there. Um, reach out to me. What we can help you with is this. If you need a website, you need a CRM, you need paid advertising, SEO, or any of those four, or really anything digital, but those four especially, I'm more than happy to chat about how exactly we can help you. All I ask is one simple thing. Um, just let me know that you came from this podcast, right? Um, I wanna know, I wanna uh, give a shout out to Nick for, you know, thank you for, for the time, right? An hour of your time too, is not just mine, but yours as well. And for all of you listening, thank you for your time. It doesn't, I don't take that lightly. It's a very uh, easy thing to give. And if you'd like the framework that I mentioned earlier about how to plan for the whole year, totally free, just shoot me a, 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 an email um, from that contact page or reach out to me on any social platform. Let me know that, you know, you heard me here and that you want that and I will send it to you. Uh, everything you need, again, about an hour and a half video and the spreadsheet, everything, totally free, come get it. That's awesome, man. And through the website, they can find uh, your podcast, they can get your books and all, everything's through there as well, right? Every, everything's there. Yep. Cool. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate it, sir. You bring your A-game to everything you do. Obviously, you're very good at what you do. And this interview has been no different. You definitely bought your A-game for the last hour. That was an amazing amount of information that you squashed into a 60-minute period, man. I don't take it lightly. I very much appreciate it. And we're definitely going to connect online. Any final thoughts before I let you go about your day, sir? Uh, no, just uh, well, one thing. Yeah. Uh, go out there, crush it, use the internet to get yourself to where you want to be. It, it, it's, it's the gasoline that you can add to the fire of your business. I appreciate that, sir. This has been excellent. I'll definitely be in touch. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. The Bob McIntosh.